Welcome <laughs> to episode 14 of uh, The Lore You Know, Scarred Lands, <laughs> Shelzar, City of Sins. Um, so we've talked pre on previous episodes how... Actually, I should re... So we're doing uh, uh, a lot of tech difficulties, so we're re-redoing this. Re-re-redoing <laughs> this. So what am I forgetting? Sarah, my normal co-host, how's it going? Going good. Awesome. And Other we're welcoming Fran, our today's co-co-host. Howdy. Our lovely wife. Yeah. Uh -huh. Co-author. So yep. Shelzar is one of those cities that pulls very much from uh, uh, real-world tropes. So we've talked before about how Scarred Lands really avoids a lot of that. It's just kind of a fantasy setting, and they kind of throw a lot of their stuff that they just made up in. Uh, it definitely has, like, Greek tones when you look at the, the origin and the Titans versus the gods. But for the most part, a lot of their cultures are just made up. Um, Shelzar is not so much that. It is very much... Uh, Aladdin meets Vegas. Is that what we were saying earlier? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Aladdin meets Vegas meets Ankh-Morpork. Like, which I concluded was basically Dubai without the giant building. Right, right. Mm. There is a <laughs> couple fantasy, tall buildings, but, but they're not that tall. And, tall stuff. <laughs> and they're not that, yeah. Nothing in the world is... I, seen the, I've never obviously been over Dubai, but I've seen the pictures, and like nothing is that. That is... I think I would be scared if I was actually there and with that building looming right there. And it I is would, pretty crazy. <laughs> I would be really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, anyway, fortunately for the for the characters, no one has to go into a building in Shelzar that is that tall. Oh, yet. I, I think they max at probably six stories. Right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe a wizard tower that's a little higher, but but I don't. I'm trying think to picture the that the. Big. The Shelzari starting to build the Tower of Babylon, and Keeley coming down and being like, "Hey, if uh, if you do this, I'm going to screw up all of your languages, so you won't be able to talk." And everybody going, "Oh boy, that'll be fun! <laughs> build faster! Do it!" <laughs> yeah, what an adventure! As opposed to being, you know, that being a warning, they're like being goaded mm -hmm. on by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's oh my God, this is going to be good. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like, speaking Skirlands of... is enough language problems without the Tower of Babel. <laughs> also true. So speaking I, of... The con uh, my... Oh. Go ahead. No, like, just the constant fail whenever I get new players I'm running at a convention or whatever, and they're like, oh, I speak common, and I'm like, there is no common. Y common yeah, what? Yeah, like sheets. there's a trade language, yeah. but... <laughs> but not everybody speaks Lydian, you right. know? <laughs> it's right. not common. It's, you know, if yeah. you're in Shelzar, in fact... It's less rare. <laughs> You know, if you're in Shelzar, how many people are going to speak Lydian? Right. Um, maybe half? It, I mean, maybe. It, the, the language definitely exists there, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not there's say trading it is, merchants who right. the coast, but. It would be like, so my only personal experience with, the, uh, with this would be going to like Germany, where a lot of people yeah. do speak English. But then you, and especially yeah. in like Berlin and like the larger cities, but then you go to smaller areas and maybe. A handful of the people speak English. Most of them speak German, yeah. French, Spanish. It's going to be their third, fourth right. language, you know. And so yeah. you really need to, you know, yeah. know what you're talking about when you go there. Yeah. Which is the, which is the way I looked at it. Yeah. It, it, I'm often a kind of a different topic, but but uh, the languages of Gelsbad, not even Scarred Lands, 
Gelsp by blow me away because yeah. there's four race languages, not counting wackadoo languages, um, like you know, religious languages, or whatever. But, but there's four base languages, and it, you can you can learn other languages if you know a base. So if you know Lydian, learning Vestian or Calastian wouldn't be hard. But it, um, but still, it's like it, it's like it's like the way I look at it is like Lydian sort of like Latin, and shells are Elzin sort of like. Romantic and Ayan Ahen, Ahen, which is the Albanians and Elves, and I always thought of that as sort of like Nordic, because they're all very different root languages in yeah. Europe. So that's kind of the way I've, I think about them in my head. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the fourth one is. Uh, uh, oh, the fourth one is like um, is newish. It's a. It's not a human language. It's a, a, a whatever, a elemental thing. Uh, oh, gotcha. I think of what's called. Um, but yeah, um, so but those are the three kind of human language, humanish right. languages. Humans. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. So I think of Shelzar. I literally think of Shelzari as English, <laughs> because it's like I think of the Elzin as the Germanic. Gotcha. And and Shelzar is such a, even though it's got that Arabic feel, right. it's more a melting pot than anywhere Absolutely. else in Gelsbad. It is my favorite uh, city because of that. Like, yeah, of all of the cities of Gelsbad, Shelzar is like the most random. Yeah, which to me is a good thing. <laughs> like, it, it yeah. is it is very rare that you go and see any kind of uh, racial issues. You know, like everyone goes there. For the most part, a lot of people feel safe there. There are reasons to not feel safe there as well. But, like, as we get into it, we'll talk about how um, the law is a thing there. It's not just a wanton city of hedon. I don't want to say hedonism because it is a hedonistic wanton city. Wanton city of hedonism. Uh -huh. But yeah. there are certain laws you still don't <laughs> break, despite it uh -huh. being a wanton city of hedonism. Yeah. So, yeah. It is, I, um, for me, it's a great starting point for adventures. Because yeah. anyone can what, be whatever they want to be and start in Shelzar. Yeah, what yep. I love about this book in particular is this is the first Scarlands book I know of that actually has like a, a, a mature reader's warning. Mm. Like they're like, <laughs> this the other is ones not your content, but they just don't warn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this one is like we will talk about sexy things in this yeah. book. <laughs> And and it's 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 to my knowledge the only one of of the original forty odd forty yeah, plus I can't think of Scarlet books that that has this sort of not for kids right. thing going on here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's right in the opening. So before we dive into talking about like the history of it and everything, let's just explain where it's at. So like if you look at Gelsbad, mm -hmm. which is this massive continent, down kind of in central south coast is this little peninsula that sticks out. And right there on the eastern end edge of that peninsula is Shelzar. Um, it is rumored to be and highly likely is the oldest surviving city on at least Galsbad, perhaps yeah. in the world. But, uh, I mean, there are definitely a lot of cities that have been reduced to rubble, crushed to dust, no longer exists because of the war or previous, you know, like Kadum mm -hmm. just walking around and smashing shit. Like, Godzilla. <laughs> I think the only, I think the only competitors could conceivably be Baratrey, but I'm pretty sure shell, shells are still older because the elves came later. Right. And 
jeweled city, but insofar as it was built on the ruins of a pre-existing city, not because the city uh, survived all that time. Right. So as, as yeah. a city that has survived yeah. the entire time without falling yeah. and being being extensively rebuilt, Shelzar, yeah, would be the oldest city in Gilsbad. And it's funny because oldest. even though the fact that um, it is the oldest standing city, it also was built on the ruins of of a city. <laughs> this is this also uh, one of my favorite parts about the city. It was built on the ruins of something. And there are a lot of rumors of what that is. And mm -hmm. like there are still parts that are above ground. So like the massive, uh, I think it's just called the gate. I'd have to yeah. double check that. But mm -hmm. like it, whenever somebody says the gate or the old gate, mm -hmm. I think the old gate. Yeah. it is mm -hmm. like giant size. It's like huge yeah. enough for armies to go through. So was that built by somebody who had massive armies they had to move through? Mm -hmm. Or was it made by giants? Who knows? And there were giants. Yeah. There were definitely giants. Or was it made by Jin? Or was or, it made by Jin? Jin? Uh -huh. right. Giant I mean, Jin? Right. Giant Jin is a, is, a, is, a, is a good guess. Yeah. Given the, <laughs> given the history of Shelter. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got all... It, and the city itself, I mean, it's... You should, hold up the, you should hold up the actual map, but it's... In terms of density, um, it, 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 it definitely competes with any other... D and D. I mean, there's probably some other obscure D and D maps that are more that are bigger cities. But um, if you compare it to like Waterdeep, um, it's as big, if not bigger, than Waterdeep. You know, it doesn't. It's not as big in terms of the, the detail work of the map. Um, but if you, you know, like kind of zoom in, it's it's definitely as big as Waterdeep. So if not bigger, um, and that that impresses me. That like this is unquestionably the biggest city in Galesbad. I don't know about mm. the world, because Asherak might have something bigger, mm. maybe, but unlikely, because of the war. It may be the biggest city on Skarn. I don't know. Um, but, arguably, I can't think of anything in Termana that would that would compare, and Dragonlands isn't known for cities. <laughs> yeah. And a lot so, of that and, size and, and, might yeah. just be because it has survived for so long. It hasn't, yeah. a lot yeah. of the cities that were like, get knocked down, let's build something yeah. new on top of that. Yeah. They haven't yeah. had the chance have to, to, to expand and be the size that they are. Yeah, you, you, you know, some of the outer plains might have bigger cities. City <laughs> right. of Brass might right. be bigger. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> we don't but, have but, physics. But, we just kind of... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But what on is this Skarn physics itself, you speak of? <laughs> it is probably the biggest city on Skarn. Um, uh, certainly, certainly the most populous, no question there. Yeah. Um, which is which is awesome. Um, and and I I've, I've argued it's like if you want to buy something or get something um, short of going to some other plane, um, uh, you know, I, I can think of one uh, one zodiac plane where you can just get just about anything. But but uh, short of that. Um, Shelzar is going to be the place to go. So, if you want to get that Vorpal sword, right? Well, you're not going to find it anywhere. But if you want to get that ring of protection, you'll <laughs> find one, and you will find one in Shelzar. You will unquestionably be able to find one in Shelzar. So, speaking of the that. history of, that's why I, I invited think, Fran. Yeah, I did I not have Fran's bandwidth to prep yep. this so i asked fran to, to dive in do deep dive into the history of this glorious book yeah yep um and um thank you 
And uh, yeah, Shelzar has a lot of history. Um, it's it's amazing. Like, <clears throat> I I don't know if anything happened, anything big happened on Gelspad that Shelzar didn't have some connection to. Right. It's, it's kind of uh, incredible. Um, basically, right around the time that the Asathi Empire, which is one of the very first civilizations on Gelspad, uh, fell, um, and nobody's entirely... There's a lot of debate over exactly why it collapsed, but basically it, it fell, and... Um, to interrupt, this would have been during, like, the Epoch of Mormo. Which so, was... Yeah. Before the Ice Age, mm -hmm. right. like, yeah. level of... Mm -hmm. of what number? In, yeah. like, like, what order was that? that uh, Mormo was number... Three, four, six, seven? Gotcha. Six, um, eight, seven. Out of so before Lethine's Epoch, it was before... Um, it was... I, I'm not sure that that's accurate, but... Oh, um, that, that it was during Mormo's Epoch? I thought it was... I thought yeah. The, the Southian part was during Mormo's Well, it, it's... If it was during Mormo's Epoch, Mormo's Epoch lasted a long time then. Uh, no, well, I, I don't... I'm not don't... saying it spanned the entire Epoch. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, that was its heyday. Um, gotcha. According... <clears throat> one of the other reasons I'm on here is because I... <laughs> I because I'm a freak, and I went through every yeah. Scarredlands book and noted down everything that actually had a date attached to it, and I have a spreadsheet with all of that crap in here. And so, according to that, um, the Asathi Serpent Reckoning calendar, which is the Empire's official calendar, begins in the year o in roughly equivalent the year OC negative 5610 and ends roughly in the year negative 2880. So that's old calendar, which means before the gods, you know, broke time. Um, and had to make new seasons and a new calendar. So we don't actually have any idea how long those years were in relation to modern day or anything about them. But um, those years were 300, 400 days yeah. long. Yeah. No, no I make clue. the assumption that they're between 300 and 400 <laughs> days long. But um, but in any case, yeah. yeah. So so um, the, the Asathi Empire lasted a long time and uh, it it basically collapsed um, around 5,000 years before uh, before uh, modern Gels before the, the, the modern day setting. Um, the Empire of the Flame, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, right before the and Empire, the Empire of, the of the Flame. And the Empire of the Flame is purported to have occurred during the Epoch of Thulkos, which is like four epochs after the Epoch of Mormo, which is mm -hmm. why it maps mm -hmm. that at least part of the heyday of that empire would have been during the... I, 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 I think it, it makes sense that it would have been, you know, Sati, uh, Snake People, Mormo, Snake, Titan. It, it would make sense. I don't know if... That, well, I, <laughs> if we want to argue... Okay, if you want to come back and we want to argue contradictions in uh, in, <laughs> right. in history, we can do that because, boy... I'm, I'm, I'm basically my, as, as I've said mm -hmm. before, my goal is mm -hmm. to take the discontinuity magic that is this card lands original 
and try mm-hmm. to create continuity out of it for fifth edition. Yeah. Sarah is a Doctor Who fan and you we can could, tell. <laughs> we could absolutely have like at least a few episodes on discontinuity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just list all the shit. Oh, yeah. oh god, like, hey. field day that. So <laughs> So the O C calendar lasted three three four how many thousand years? Well, no, the years? OC calendar, it, basically, there's, uh, there was a, a helpful, um, there was a helpful chart in, I think it was the Gelsbad campaign setting book for 3-5 yeah. that showed, you know, so these are the, this is the Dwarven Empire's axe year calendar converted yeah. to OC, and here's the Serpent Reckoning calendar converted to OC, and here's yeah. what it was the hell that the elves were doing converted to oc so (laughs) we have those yes so the oc calendar lasted how many years three thousand four thousand the oc calendar uh yeah yeah three thousand i think so the oc calendar was three thousand the they're saying that the asathi empire was fifty thousand years before the start of the oc calendar did i hear that right no uh about about Five thousand. The 5, first 000. Elven dynasty was maybe about fifty thousand. We're not looking at the Elven oh, dynasty. Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. Scourge <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay. Mana, so, they're so, on their own. So the upshot is, and I'm gonna summarize this and round a bit, is that the is that the Shelzar is built on something from ten thousand years ago, roughly. That's fair. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and that's where that I, that's is... all I was going. <laughs> Long time ago. Somewhere between ten and eight thousand years ago, mm-hmm. there was a city of snake people. Well, there was a city. We don't even know of snake city. people. Yeah. May have been of snake mm-hmm. people, <laughs> or giants, mm-hmm. or who the fuck. And one of their gates knows? was really well built. Right, because it's the only thing okay. left standing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who knows if the city that Shelzar is built on was even the original city? Because ruins yeah. built on top of ruins on top of ruins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Oof, like <gasps> it's old. I don't know. <laughs> All of that meant it's old. <laughs> yes. It's old. Yeah. Yes. So now that we have run back out of the weeds like a greyhound in a dog park and back onto the path. Um, so basically, the Asathi Empire that we just spent 15 minutes or whatever arguing about <laughs> fell, and that made room for the Empire of the Flame. Uh, Empire of Flame, which uh, rose in kind of the same area, the Sweltering Plains, which is uh, sort of the the, the south uh, western portion oh, down there, um, and and their inhabitants sort of started spanning out across the remains of uh, the fallen Asathi Empire, and um, a few folks sort of started poking at these ruins. And so you'd have intermittent little townships that would kind of spring up and then disappear because people got bored and moved on and spring up and disappear. Um, The uh, Empire of the Flame falls. People have sort of discovered the site. And so again, it's sort of, you know, it's a a meeting place, a gathering point, but not really a permanent settlement of any size. Um, So, Sometime considerably later on, uh, the Slaracian Empire starts forming, which is this weird event because um, the Slaracians come out, walk into towns that are owned by other empires, and basically say, you are in our empire now. Here, take this pamphlet. Do these things. 
and uh, and and you will be good citizens. And everybody kind of went, okay. They didn't see them because the the physical uh-huh. uh, physicality of the empire was all underground. Yeah. Well, yeah. and 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 it's not like the empire collected taxes or anything. They would just no. every once in a while show up, give bizarre orders, and then go, okay, we go now. Like, uh, you know, like the like the men in black, you know, they just <laughs> yeah. kind of show up and are like, do you have sandwiches? We like sandwiches. Did you see a UF- UFO? You did not see you a UFO. See. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't collect taxes. They did collect tribute. Like, I think mm-hmm. every year they're like, give us a person. Yeah. You will never yeah. see them again. Yeah. Stop, stop. Yeah. Like, exactly. okay. <laughs> but, so other empires were kind of like, is there, is there somebody in here? What? <laughs> And and yeah, but anyway, sorry, I'm getting off on the Slurisians. Slurisians are just they're, they're, that was like episode four. Yeah, um, so if okay, you haven't yeah. heard about Slurisians, mm-hmm. yeah, they're just go check they're out just so four. they're wild and weird and and orthogonal to everything else on Scarn, which is just fun. Yeah, but uh, so the way that this touches on shells are, is that um, the there were people who thought the Slurisians were really cool, and a specific several groups of them kind of joined up and one particular uh sect the nasirsa um became trusted servants of the slurasians around the uh around the time that the empire of lead was sort of starting to come up there was uh, a certain amount of kind of um offshooting and and splitting and some of these the the nasirsa if i remember right kind of uh, eventually become uh, the eyes of the night, um, who are the who become very important. Um, so I don't, I don't remember if I, did I talk about the eyes of the night when we talked about the story scenes? I think I did. Then the penumbral. I think we probably yeah. It, it yeah. was like a, yeah. a very small bit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, I feel like that is an entire. Those societies is an entire. You could do many episodes on societies in mm-hmm. in just Gelsp. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. We oh, actually, we can talk about. You could do an entire episode that was just reading the this names. This episode just in the societies. history of Shelzar. We're not going to talk about all mm. the different politics of Shelzar today because we are not going to have a nine-hour episode. It is sorry. Really, <laughs> really, we'll try to hustle, but there's there's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so the Empire of Leeds starts to rise. Um, uh, the gods and the titans start looking around uh, at the Slurasians. The Slurasians reach out and, you know, try to uh, try to uh, capture uh, Belsimus' son, um, uh, Hadaris, and accidentally break him. Oops. And so they go much more carefully and they take Drendari and then they take her apart to see how she works. And the gods go, oh, hell no. And they and the Titans come and smote the crap out of the Slurasians. So the Slurasian Empire ends rather abruptly. And the Nasirsa, they're like, uh, hi. Uh, they make a couple of abortive attempts to get the Slurasians to wake back up. And the Slurasians basically go, oh. <laughs> Timeline mm-hmm. this maps too early in the Lydian Empire, so we're mm-hmm. still talking yep. about three thousand years ago. So yeah. mm-hmm. So the Slurasian War and a lot of the things that all the Slurasian War was just mm-hmm. like shortly before the Divine War. No, it was like two thousand mm-hmm. five hundred years yeah. before the Divine War. <laughs> uh, well, there, uh, if I remember right, there's uh, anyway. It's I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that. Issues. 
I'm just going off the slurries, you know, off the uh, shells art book. That's all I'm doing. We can get on the wiki and argue about this in in more productive ways later. It's kind um, of and yeah, actually, everything that I'm telling right now is up on the wiki because I literally use that as my notepad to write this stuff down. Um, so yeah, so um, the Nasirsa um, sort of splinter start arguing you know this is all your fault they're not coming back and uh some some of them go off and and become uh the uh penumbral lords um the penumbral shit lords um <laughs> and uh one one particularly dispirited group becomes uh, a society called the hazari and they basically they get all kind of sad and almost sort of hadradin they're like, gods and titans just suck. Everybody should just leave us alone. Just wouldn't be mortal and go off and, and you guys can can go fuck off. And they go also, to the Sorry, they're also really they, lawful, right? Uh they're they're kind of orderly. They orderly. well, I mean they they are, but they're not. They're they're more ascetic than lawful mm. per se. It's more of a code than laws, but uh Okay. But yeah, basically, they, they go off and, and uh, as such people are often want to do, they wander into the desert looking for paradise and find a watering hole where the water is drinkable and are like, it's paradise. Um, so they, they build a fortress around this giant ancient gate and they call it uh, Shai al-Hazari or the fortress of the Hazari. Um, uh they basically kind of are are hanging out there being their grumpy little selves um and uh the Lydian empire hears about these people and is like well off we go conquering again and a Lydian army shows up right around the time that an a massive invasion of titan uh followers has just shown up to go let's wipe these idiots off the map completely and the Lydian commander goes because hmm. uh, it turns out that he's actually uh, General Kunyon Duathai uh, is actually a really smart guy. He shows up and goes up to the Titan army and goes, PAF! And then walks up to the walls and says, so I could eradicate your city, but I really don't want to. Can we talk? And he comes in and basically says, listen, you guys don't have to worship the gods. You don't have to worship the titans. You don't even have to like it. You can make the sour face all you want. What we're going to do is we're going to bring you into the empire. You'll be part of it. You'll pay some taxes. We'll stay here and protect your city. Um, all you have to do is allow people who are titan and god worshippers to come to the city and not, you know, stone them to death. And... Um, because otherwise, I will burn this bitch to the ground. Um, and the city folk kind of go, okay, yeah, that sounds consonant with our belief structure. Right. And uh, they, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah like, like, yeah, well, you know, this is kind of what we said the world was like, so I guess this is what the world was like. Um, and uh, the, uh, the 
the benefit of this is that Duathai convinces the emperor to funnel a lot of money into Shelzar and to build up its ports, and it becomes a huge trade center. Um, and Lydians are the first people who begin calling the city Shelzar because, you know, Shai al-Hazari requires thought and their Rome, and they don't really care how you pronounce your names. They this, have their own ways of saying. This is why I say Lydian is like Latin. Yeah. And why the Lydian so Empire was like English basically because we the just Empire. snag shit as English yeah. speakers, mush it into what we want to say, and make mm-hmm. a new word. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. So um, gradually, a new province of the Lydian Empire, Zathiskite province. Um, and it is very difficult to say, and very you guys are going to have a lot of fun getting to hear Sarah try to say it later on, um, arises. But the Empire is wary of um, of allowing Shelzar to have too much power. So it's a center point, and it's the economic engine of the province, but they don't actually let the... Uh, they don't actually let it be um, the capital. They have the capital... Uh, Essentially, it's it's kind of a semi-autonomous city-state, but uh, it's overseen directly by governors from uh, from outside, rather than being able to oversee itself and then report up to the government. Um, during this time, the Hazari uh, begin to splinter, and because a lot of them are kind of like you know these god folks and titan folks actually aren't really that bad. The gods and the titans themselves, uh, I could take them or leave them, but I don't really have as much of a problem with this. And a few of them even sort of begin to go, you know, we can we can let go of that and let bygones be bygones. But some of them get really grouchy and sort of <clears throat> start to cling to the, uh, the old ways. Um, there's nothing like meeting a spellcaster who can come up and go, oh, you broke a leg here, me, magic, healed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you yeah. only get that with druids and clerics. And mm-hmm. you, to be a druid mm-hmm. cleric, you have to worship a god or a titan. Yeah. So, well, wizards can't do that. They say the ancients could do that, and they didn't need gods or titans. You could just do it with your mind. With your mind, man. It's all a lie. They're trying to keep the power for themselves. Okay, that so. was scary. Don't don't do that. With well, the Hazari are very much a, the the Hazari are very very tinfoil hat yeah. people. I yeah. gotta say. Um, and uh, so um, basically, you've got the larger society that's kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, we're we we can change our philosophy with the time. And then you've got this small Hazari hardliner sect that's kind of like. You know, sitting there, you know, clutching its red swing line stapler and going, I could burn this place down. Um, and that's basically what they do when uh, the, the, new, the Empire decides, you know what, we've been hard on these guys long enough. We can trust them and give them their own sultan and, and let them sort of be in charge. Um, and... Uh, uh they the 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 new sultans begin to uh really change the really change the city the people begin calling themselves the elzen instead of the hazari 
um, hedonism begins to become even more of a thing. And of course, the hardliner Hazaris are, you know, you can hear teeth grinding through the walls of their houses over all yep. of this. And the final straw comes when um, uh, uh, the, uh, the Empire um, says, we trust you enough that we're going to move the garrison uh, out of the... Uh, uh, out of Quelsk, which was, you know, a good distance away, and we're going to move the, the governing power and everything out of Quelsk and into Shelzar proper. You guys really deserve to be in charge of the province. Apart on this map. <laughs> yeah. So that's about, like, 200 like miles. 100, it's about 100 miles. It's about 100 mm -hmm. miles. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the, the Hazari hardliners um, basically go, That's it! Um, and, uh, the, the event that, that really pushes them over the limit is when the, uh, the Shelzari Sultan at the time, uh, Jamadir Bagali goes on a goodwill tour of the local temples to gods and titans. And, um, the Hazari get together and are like, shing! And thus comes the Knight of Majil, um, which basically they go out and they slaughter every official that they can find in the city. They basically decapitate the entire government and they, they take over and are like, it's going to be a hard line. Oh, are those troops from Quelsk? Smack! The government wipes them out really fast and goes, yeah, you're not independent anymore, and um, we're going to have uh, a garrison in the city now who's answerable only to us, and uh, no more of this crap ever. Um, and not only that, not only are you no longer in charge of the province and no longer have an independent gover government of your own, we're sick of this crap, and we're going to build a new city called Els, which will rule over the Elsins. And so they they uh, they they can't cross Shelzar's um, uh, mercantile power because it's now one of the big driving forces of the empire. But they can basically humiliate the 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 the, the Elzin, and that's what they do. And the Elzin's spirits are really broken for like I think it's like 150 years. The city uh, is just kind of this soulless place where it's like we make money i guess um wow. and then a person uh, a woman named gurika appears um during the name. during the the verith dynasty of uh of uh, the Lydian empire um and there's some confusion in the books over they say that she appears in the latter part of the Verith dynasty, but that would invalidate the timeline for the rest of events. So I think what they mean is kind of at the beginning of the Verith dynasty, but I'm not totally sure. Um, but in any case, she shows up. She basically kind of walks into the city naked out of the desert, comes in and um, immediately just starts doing the craziest shit. She's this beautiful, stunning woman, comes into the city with nothing, walks into a casino, wins a fortune, 
spends it all on on wine, women, men, sh clothing, more men, more women, and then uh, goes in and gambles the entire remaining fortune, wins an even bigger fortune, and goes out and starts spending it, goes in and gambles the fortune and loses it all, and is wandering around on the streets penniless, depending on the on the the good faith of strangers and then has another fortune the next day that she inherits from somebody who dies and gambles that and wins more and and just keeps going on like this and just she, you know people will follow her around just to see what the hell she's doing and she her her existence becomes this kind of beacon and she talks about and keely and how they're you you people live these predictable little lives and there's no point to it because you can't really predict what's going to happen what good or what bad you just have to kind of throw yourself out there and live and um um <clears throat> uh, she is only in the city for about two years and then just vanishes again as mysteriously as she came and there's a bunch of debate over you know maybe this actually was in keely walking among us um and uh regardless it has a really lasting and deep impact on the people of the city um and all of a sudden um and keely is the leading uh the leading uh deity in the city and fuck it is kind of the law of the land and they start uh just uh one the debauchery goes sky high you know yeah. they they were already sort of a you know a rich merchant city so they knew how to party but now it's like let's let's you know double down Race on this because mechanism. yeah well not even that um what what I like the the thing that impresses me about the Shelzar book in a lot of ways is it's not just embrace hedonism. The real core of the the thing that lasts through and that that seems to come through today is um, embrace pleasure where you find it. Um, it's not just hedonism. It's gambling. It's risk taking. It's life. It's, you know, go out and, you, you know, live fast, die where you die and leave a really, you know, leave, leave a, drive it like you rented it. Um. They, they do have big laws around consent, though. Yeah. So no, oh, yeah. Absolutely. no oh, yeah. harming other people mm -hmm. as an exploration Well, of your we'll own get to that. They, they, at yeah. the time that I'm talking about, they don't necessarily have those laws yet. Um, that's we'll true. Get to that's that. more of so. modern day shells are. So, but basically, yeah, over, over the next two centuries, um, the Elzen and um, even immigrants to the city begin to think of themselves as the Shelzari. Um, tourism becomes really big. Um, the Lydian Empire is, by this point, kind of, you know, you kids, what? Um, very, the, the Varith dynasty is tottering and and really insular and weird and weak and they keep coming out with contradictory edicts and uh the whole empire is kind of waiting for something big to change um finally the um the uh emperor outlaws all god worship titans only no more gods 
Um, immediately, Venerian province is like, and smaller rebellions spark all over the place. Um, the Shelzari kind of go, yeah, you know, we don't really need to be here. Um, I have a plan. And they, uh, they launch a, uh, they basically, they make a bet. They bet that we can rebel in a way that will um, actually bring about positive change. Um, they need us more than we need them. And so they um, <clears throat> secede along with the Lydian governor and military officers in the city who are all also really discontented with how things are going. And they spread a cover story that there's been an uprising by the Hazari. You remember those crazy knife guys? Oh, they came along and they killed everybody. And, um, and they, they stabbed all the people and now they've installed a Sultan and out comes the Lydian governor wearing a mustache and a fake wig going, I am the Sultan and I am a bad guy. Urgh. Um, the rumors of instability basically helped to bring down the Varith dynasty very quickly. Um, the incoming Morian dynasty shows up and immediately is like, yeah, gods are back on the menu. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then they come to Shelzer and they're like, hey, so we can really use you back. And Shelzar's <laughs> like, well, you undid the god thing, but also, you know, we're pretty important and we really you know like the respect we're due the empire is like okay okay yeah all right fine you you yeah yeah because if we back out you know you guys are going to tumble just as fast as the Vareth dynasty yeah you're right you're right here here have some and so shelzar rises massively in power and influence in the empire um uh the the uh the morian dynasty um because it came in through, you know, a coup, they don't have the bloodline to back themselves and to give themselves legitimacy. So what they end up doing is going out and promoting a bunch of provincial families into the nobility and elevating them into the into the court at Oromar. And that includes the Samarith family in Shelzar. So for the first time, Shelzar has royalty among them. Um, and, uh, uh, fairly quickly, the, the, the Samarith become one of the leading families in the entire empire. Um, and, uh, one of the Samarith becomes, uh, the satrap of Zathiskite province and its master at arms. So in charge in Els, um, unfortunately the Morians turn out to be basically just as corrupt as the uh as the uh dynasty that they replaced and um <clears throat> they're 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 just a mess and uh the samarith folks kind of go you know we're big enough and we have enough sorcerers and um jinn on our side and everything push and the Morian dynasty falls, yeah. and the Samarith dynasty uh, uh, arises. Um, so I feel like this is a good place to kind of interject how important mm -hmm. sorcerers were, especially during this time mm -hmm. period Huge. and up mm -hmm. until 
really up until the the uh, divine war because mm-hmm. they were the so yeah. powerful in everything that they did um they they were like enslaving or or making contracts with jinn and other you know elementals mm-hmm. and getting all of this power and much of the military might wasn't even a military and even to this day really mm. isn't it was yeah. these sorcerers that were like hey so we've got these wish granting jinn and we've got like all of these afrit that are out there yeah. just burning shit up for us um it was one of the as far as the rest of the world goes definitely one of the flavors of this area as opposed to not not the entirety of Gelsbad was not this way yeah, that's a good point, and that doesn't necessarily come through as clearly in the Shelzar books. And, yeah. and in, sen- in a D and D sense, um, warlocks weren't a thing yet in D and D when these books came mm-hmm. out. So when they when they talk mm-hmm. sorcery, they're not necessarily restricting it to the player class, but just in terms of people with innate arcane magic. Mm-hmm. Right. So that could yeah. that could mean not, not wizardry in terms of school. Mm-hmm. It would be innate, but it could include some wizards. Certainly, include would include mm-hmm. warlocks. Would include look any of those you know could include bards or whatever mm-hmm. um but as opposed to divine clerical paladin druid yeah magic. so so when we say sorcery we predominantly mean sorcerers but not exclusively yeah. is all I, mm-hmm. yeah so we yeah. can continue too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so uh so basically um Oops. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I derailed Um, you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, Yeah. So the uh, the new emperor, uh, Sayad Samarith, um, is like you know these noble houses. I don't really like them, and uh, I don't want to get wiped out the same way that my both the two preceding. Uh, dynasties were so he moves the uh, court out of Oromar where you know at the center of the empire to elves because that's convenient um, and they have a massive army of bodyguards and troops because they have the money to buy them and uh, the problem though is that being in elves they're not near the spiritual center of the faith that gave rise to this you know, this mentality of, you know, take risks and accept the consequences. And they're not actually in the center of the court intrigue, which is still all kind of happening in Oromar. So they're very isolated. And they also quickly fall into decadence. And they're worse than the guys that preceded them. Um, they, they, they not only are uh, pleasure seekers, they oh no what were you saying hon oh i i thought my discord dropped because everything ah. froze on me but okay you're working yeah. sorry about that <clears throat> they they uh instate a widespread policy of slavery especially on non-human races um because you know what use are you if you're not of use to me and they their policy is driven uh and this is going to sound haunt, hauntingly familiar around more personal vendettas and uh personal acquisition than it is around the good of the empire so like they they um they go after um 
the southern kingdoms to the east of the Broad Reach River because those guys were our trade enemies before, and we'll show them. They they basically show up in uh, the area that is uh, Zathisk now and Calastia and just kind of trample their way through. They crush um, Callus province. <clears throat> they install a puppet king. When, when there are rebellions in the province, they kill the puppet king, who was a native of, uh, of the province, and just install one of the Sanmarath. And it actually takes until around the fall of the Lydian Empire for the folks of Callus to get rid of that bloodline entirely. And it's a source of continuing problems for ages and ages. Um, so finally, um, uh, basically around OC 732. So we're into positive numbers now. Um, and again, there's debate here between two of the books as to who does this, but a member of the Takul family shows up and um, uh, corners uh, Zakiad, the the final emperor of the Samarith and dynasty. Just to clarify, the OC calendar is is was founded um, OC of. Uh, Old calendar one mm -hmm. OC calendar mm -hmm. was founded at the start of the dawn of the leading of leading empire. Yeah, mm -hmm. so OC seven thirty two would be seven hundred years into the leading empire. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, roughly. Yeah, about twenty two thousand five hundred years or so before where we are now. Before where we are now, yeah. Um, not counting the war, which but, you yeah. can't count because numbers don't mean anything. So um, lasted roughly between fifty and hundred years. Mm -hmm. It didn't certainly didn't last more than hundred years. Um. It certainly lasted at least 50, so... I, I always peg it to about... Anyway. Um, so, so, yeah. Time is wibbly wobbly. <laughs> Zakiad gets run down, hiding under a pile of dirty laundry in his, uh, in his harem, um, and is executed. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, the new dynasty immediately moves the throne home to Aramar, um, and moves provincial administration from Els, not to Shelzar, but to Quelsk, um, basically spiting everybody. Um, <clears throat> the Shelzari, their reputation kind of ruined by all of this crap, just by association with these idiots, um, falls into massive disfavor. The, the Empire can't do away with them, but they do everything that they can to spite them. And the Shelzari once again turn culturally in on themselves and uh, kind of um, uh, just lose all interest in the Empire. You know, what have they ever done for us? They just take and take and take and take. Um, the Takul dynasty um, uh, goes on for a uh, a good long time um, for about the next 1,500 years, things remain sort of status quo. Shelzar um, continues to have a lot of economic power. They have a lot of sorcerer power and, and uh, jinn power. Um, they focus a little bit more on um, currying favor with titan worshippers, but but 
the city is still very much in Keeley's. And then um, finally around 2272 OC, the uh, the um, the Lydian Empire is once again on the... Were you going to say something on? I was like, flan, covered collapse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's really, really wobbly. Um, it's kind of desperately steering around trying to trying to manage all of its problems and keep itself together and uh the shelzari start looking around and they're like you know their emperors keep coming here they they love us everybody everybody in the empire loves us everybody in uh zathiskite province loves us um and nobody really loves the empire we could just leave. And um, once again, they just do it. Like the, 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 the whole, the whole uh, government, including the, uh, including the, uh, the Lydian officials and everything. And this time they don't even pretend. They literally just stop answering. They don't, they don't answer mail. They don't send taxes. The uh, the the Lydian governor who becomes uh, the who becomes the the new uh, sultan uh, is kind of a figurehead for this merchant and priest coalition, um, and they just spend all their tax money building a huge army and stationing it along the border. Um, it takes three years for the government in Oromar to go. Did. And basically, it's because there suddenly there's this massive wave of barbarian invasions from Albadia, um, and so Oromar sends to Shelzar saying, "Send us troops." And Shelzar says, "No. <laughs> if you don't send us troops, we're going to come down there and beat the crap out of you." And Shelzar is like, "Okay." Um, 25 years go by, and Shelzar is there like, so I guess we're uh, independent now. Um, <laughs> we're the Empire of Elves. <laughs> um, this is where I take over, I think. Uh, yes. That okay. is, in fact, where you take over. <laughs> so I, she did. She did all that part, because I didn't have the time to, to do that summary. This there week. was a lot of did, it. Like, the last... There was a lot five pages of the 50 page chapter two of this was, this was all just chapter two yeah you get what book. you pay like, for with the shells are book right? man and then some do and that's not even this is the oldest city on the continent this is just chapter two this isn't even talking about like the city which is like the second half of the book yeah. so so i'm gonna try to talk a little bit about what happens next so ladians are out Elzins are in, and historically, there's like this is the this is the greatest moment of the Shelzar area time ever, except for those other moments which were really good too, and some moments that happened later that are really good, you know. So whatever. Um, and part of it is the empire. They so they at this point have their own empire. They're no longer part of Lead. They're no longer part of any of these other guys. They're they're the empire of Els, and we're the whole kind of I think of where the Elzin people, even though they existed long before this, really cemented themselves as their own kind of force was was during this era. So 
in that regard, there it was certainly a shining moment for for that this area. And this isn't just about Shelzar, but about that whole region. Um, and elves just started as the leading empire shrank. Elves, the Elzen Empire grew, and they just started sucking things up, <laughs> and and mostly moving moving north and west, taking over areas in what is now the sweltering plains and the festering fields and the Devil's March, which at the time weren't quite so sweltering, festering, or devilish because this was pre-war, um, pre-divine war that is. Um, so they just started grabbing these areas. They tried to go and, and, and the people who lived there were like great um, the Lydians are leaving so we'd like you to defend our towns and lands and farms and whatnot from ravaging monsters and titans and whatever happens in this area so the people were generally groovy with this because the Elsons came in with their own army and all these sorcerers and stuff and it was kind of awesome you're muted Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Being alone in the wilderness of Gelsbad has historically <laughs> yeah. never been a good thing. Yeah, you want you want an army nearby to help you. So they also attempted to go east um, over the Broadreach River, which is basically the river that's that separates what is now the Calastia hegemony from the Sweltering Plains area. Um, but that's where the that's where, as we talked about before, this Zethiski um, province. And um, they, the Zath people, I'm just going to call them Zath. I know that's mm. not right, but I'm, I can't say it very well. Um, weren't happy about this. So the other people were like, yes, Lydian's leaving. You come in and help us. The, the, they were like, no, we want our own thing. You're weird, weirdo hedonist. We don't like you. Um, so the, and the people the, in Callus are like, oh, hell no, not you people again. Yeah, yeah well, that was, well, it was interesting because the Zath. The Zathiski people—they um, started a war between the Elzen Sultan and those people. lasted about ten years, um, and it was kind of interesting because the Zathiski people used the old Hazari philosophy, saying, "We don't like your hedonism. We don't like your your mm -hmm. crazy stuff." But they didn't have the entire philosophy because they were still like, but we still like gods. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're fine. But, you know, your whole Achilles thing is just going too far. Yeah. We're down with <laughs> so, the grumpy, but not with the... Uh, not with Yeah, we're down with the grumpy, but not with the, you know, we still like, you know, to go to a cleric when we have a boo-boo. Um, <laughs> so, there <laughs> was that. Um, so eventually the Elzen, um, and at this point the, the Sultan has like, I'm the emperor now and because his area is big enough now and the Lydians were all about empire, so he's all about empire. So he declares himself empire. Um, and he realized, but he came to the realization, personal realization, that the Lydians were so badass because they were ruthless mofos and just kind of horrible. And he, he, he like really had a hard time with that. And he's like, I can't be like that. I can't be this this jerk you know so it's just not worth it it's it's i don't want to go there and enslave these people if they don't want to be like us then fine we won't conquer them and they just at that point we're like there's a river here we've got a natural border you you, kind of you stay on your side we'll stay on ours huh i said that's kind of amazing yeah like... yeah yeah he, he, <clears throat> um i just want the effort 
basically. And and also by that point they had expanded almost to the west coast, and they're like, I've got all this territory. I need to consolidate, consolidate it, um, and and deal with that. So, uh, so it's kind of interesting. And they also saw Zakitsky as also a kind of a buffer region between the Elzen Empire and um, all the shit going on over here with Calastia province and Veneer province, because Veneer was an empire at that point, and they were expanding. Calastia mm-hmm. was starting to expand, not not the modern-day Gemini uh-huh. or Duck expansion, but they were doing uh-huh. their own shit, and they were like, this is a nice border region. I like this buffer. They can fight those guys instead of us, <laughs> so we'll just leave them alone. Never mind. Um, so I just, I just think that's interesting. And anyway, the Zakitsky ruler said uh, that the Elzins were corrupt and vicious, while the Elzins said the Zakitsky were simple-minded and boorish, which I just love. So to me, that was just very much the chaotic, lawful, Inkili, Hedrata kind of dichotomy and argument that is still pervasive across Gilspate. So eventually over this time, the Elzin Empire founded seven or uh, founded five more cities. And so we had Shelzar, we had Els, and now we have five more cities uh, through this region. Um, and don't ask me where they are. I've yet to have found a map of where even freaking Els is. And a lot of that was... Those cities don't yeah, exist anymore. <laughs> I think Sarah's frozen. Oh, oh she's she dropped. You've dropped. Completely dropped. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was frozen on such a great image, too. Right? Like, like, she always gets frozen on these really intense, you know, thinky, excited pictures that I like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's who I married. I'm... I kind of hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, it's, it's just entertaining because I can see, um, turn on camera. I can see the, uh, uh, happening on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, and all the cameras would... Because yep. I dropped. Sorry. It's okay. Welcome faster back. now, so I guess mm. needed to die. Um, <laughs> and it's, it can't be at this time. It's definitely my PC. So we'll mm. fix it later. Anyway, where was it? I don't know where I dropped. Um, Elzen Army. So anyway, Seven mm. Cities. I was starting to talk about the Seven yep. Cities. Yeah. Um, so Shelzar, there's Els, and there's five more. Um, Els and the other five are not on this map. I don't know where they are other than somewhere in this region. I wish I knew at least where Els was because it's kind of interesting, but I guess was. people where Els was where Els well uh, where Els technically still is, but um, uh, yeah, so each city was kind of known for something specific. So the city of Els was the capital of the empire. Um, they were uh, pretty much where the army was kind of started, established where this, this, the emperor was, or former sultan, now emperor. Um, their kind of shtick was diplomacy and statecraft. Um, uh, they're, they're considered, I, I love this, um, the Elzins are uh, the silver-tongued talky people. You know, that's what, how everybody else perceived them, as like, they're silver tongues and they would deceive you and they would win and they wouldn't even lift a sword and they're terrible. But they also used what they called bedroom diplomacy which uh-huh. is literal like they would seduce your king and suddenly you'd be like yeah okay <laughs> we'll we'll do, we'll agree to this trade agreement <laughs> you're <laughs> so like, good in bed, we'll sell out my country exactly <laughs> like, hot damn um so they're kind of 
fun. Um, so anyway, they're the capital city is known for feasts and gluttony. Um, the city of Wahid was known for athletics, and they actually had like a some, something akin to a coliseum, where the gladiator battles, and they would bring in exotic animals from all across uh, Galspad and possibly even as far away as Termana, um, and bring them in and show them off and be like, look, we got a, I don't know, a chimera, isn't it cool? You know. Or, baby dragons. I don't know what they would get, but they would bring in stuff. Um, Al-Kabi, Al-Kahabe was known for orgies. So there's that. <laughs> um, uh, one, two. The other three cities are not named, so I have no idea what they're called. Um, and then finally, Shelzar itself, um, while not the capital, um, is known for nothing specific except that it's known for everything. Like, <laughs> like they're known for They're known for having it all. Basically. Oh, that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have, but their their kind of main emphasis is were around creativity, originality, and just weird, crazy stuff. And this is the one place in the Elzen Empire where non-humans were really welcomed, embraced, um, which they might not have been in, in the other six cities. Um, so you'd find like uh, the most diverse population certainly, and then the most diverse people, and, and they were the most welcoming to people of other everythings whether it's other religions or other races or cultures they're just like welcome come in we love it let's let's do this and so pretty cool um the empire prospered for several hundred years but as empires go they didn't guard their borders very well (laughs) because honestly it's a it's a rough zone you know you've got a jungle to the south swamps to the south desert to the north um, and it's, it was just hard, and you got monsters coming from those areas. So the cities started to become more and more independent because it was just hard to defend between them. Um, so the governments of those cities, while they were still beholden to the Emperor of Elves, they kind of started to really do their own thing, and they were sort of more like seven city-states that had a unifying... An, you know, kind of a unifying army um, and recognized still through taxes of the Emperor, but not not as solidly an empire in the, in the traditional sense. And then the Chardoni showed up. And that kind of was bad. <laughs> so this was, this was not too long before the Divine War. The Chardoni, or the, the uh, darker-skinned dwarves of Termana, invaded Galspad and basically created a, yet another empire across Galspad um, and just swept across country. They came in from the north, which I find interesting because Termana is south east of of Gelsbad, uh, geographically. Mm. Um and so either they came up up and then went came back down or I don't know. I have my own theory um because I know at the at the at the towards the end of the the Chardoni Empire when they were kind of pushed out they retreated to Chardunahe, or what it used to be called Dunahe, um, which is this little peninsula, well, relatively large peninsula over here. Um, so I have my theory that that there may be some kind of magical teleportation gate thing that connects that country to the Chardoni Empire in Termana, because it kind of makes sense. But I've or at read least may have been. Theory. May have been, or may do, may have now. I don't know, but it, there's, there's, there's chart. The only places you find this, these dwarves in abundance, you can find, you know, individuals wandering around, but in abundance would be in those two locations, in their empire in 
uh, eastern Termana, no less, and um, in this one peninsula in Gelsbad, which is to the west of Gelsbad. So I don't know how that works. Um, I'm just thinking magic because that's my excuse for whenever I don't know how something works. It's a good excuse. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, um, Jeremy, you can still hear me, right? Yep. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, so the Chardini came in, and um, the Emperor of the Emperor of Elves um, basically conceded to them because he the army was just massive, and he was like, "I don't want to die." So he's like, "Can I just stay? Can I keep my throne and then, like, you know, govern as a kind of a governor? And you come in and do your thing." And they're like, "Sure, sure, yeah, you can keep your throne." <laughs> and uh, that happened. But then they then the elves and people were like what did our emperor just do? And so they rose up and kind of killed everybody and kicked out the, or attempted to kick out the Charduni. Um, so the Charduni sent more troops in and then came in and slaughtered all the people who rebelled. So there was a lot of dying during this period. Um, and basically the Charduni started stomping to the other six cities going, surrender or die. Um, and really? I can't talk now. Um, surrender or die. So um, so they just sort of did that. And most people um, tried to do diplomacy with them. They're like, um, how about we do like a peaceful surrender? And But then they, the Chardonnay would come in and attempt that. And then they get double-crossed by the various cities. And after a while, the Chardonnay was like, no more diplomacy, surrender or die. No, you don't get options anymore. So by the time they reached Shelzar, which was pretty much the last of the seven, because it was like on the coast of Persuay, um, the Shelzari people didn't get like a diplomatic choice here. It was surrender or die. So they were like, fine, we surrender. <laughs> like, we don't want to die. Um, here's a lot of you. Um, although the priests of Enkili and the priests of Ang, and even the priests of Angle, which I thought was interesting, um, were like, they're, char they're knights. They worship Tardun. You really want to surrender to that? <laughs> and, um, but they didn't, while highly influential, um, not influential enough to the majority of the population. They're like, we don't want to die. <laughs> These are not good options. So, and, but what's kind of interesting is the Charduni rule, at least the book claims, wasn't that bad because for the most part, they let people do what they want. They didn't, they didn't enforce their religion. Um, they didn't screw with the trade. They didn't even care about the hedonism in Shalzar, they were just like, do what you want, you pay us the taxes, and give us our stuff, and we won't get in your personal lives. So they were like, and you won't kill us? Awesome! Okay. <laughs> and that was sort of how it went. Brand I think you're muted. muted. Yeah. <laughs> you said some of that it might have been because they were still consolidating. Yeah, and uh, because uh, the, the Charduni... One of the other things that, that's neat about Skarn is that a lot of the bad guys are really evil, but they're not idiots. Yeah, they're not like, yeah. you know, we're going to burn the whole place down. The Charduni are genuinely out for the welfare of the planet. They just think that that means that you have to have the stupid whipped off you. Yeah, yeah. And what was interesting, though, is during this time, Shelzar was already really impressively economically powerful and had been for a really long time. And the Charduni recognized that. And they were like, we don't want to fuck with this economy. It's too strong. Yeah, we don't so, want to kill the goose that lays the golden egg. Exactly. So they were like, 
you pay us our taxes, you keep up whatever it is you're doing to make such a strong economy. So they, and so ironically, because of the security that the Chardoni provided, um, the, the elite in Shelzart became even richer and became even more prosperous because trade was even stronger and prices were better and, and the, the rich got ridiculously rich during this era. And then, and then the shit went down and the Titans Wars happened. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then the gods were like, we're rebelling against our parents and the buildup started to, to start the Titans War. The, um, the war we're had gonna to go fight our parents, wanna come? Well, no, yeah, and... really. No, I said, we're gonna go fight against our parents, <laughs> wanna come. And the Charduni, being insanely faithful to Chardun, were like, okay, we'll go do that. And they kind of bugger off to go fight for Chardun. And suddenly, this the whole remainder of the Elzen Empire, like, where did they go? Because <laughs> everybody sort of leaves. And, um... And Shelzar is like, so what do we do? Yeah. Do we fight in this war? We're not a military anymore because Chardini pretty much wiped out whatever they had left. And the other six cities are not gone, but they're really reduced in power and they don't really have much. So, like, we don't have a lot. Yeah. But this is also we want it back in Keeley. <laughs> this is also when the gods, uh, uncertain of how the djinn were going to go were they going to side yeah, with the, the gods or with the titans they just locked them away in the city of brass and so all of the sorcerers that had I'm power literally about to get here yeah not even the thing anymore they're just like <laughs> well it's it's Surprise. this is interesting book contradicts what you're saying it's true this book contradicts that which pissed me off to no end so welcome to the scarred lands right. fans claim in the Gelsbad campaign setting book i believe it was that book and in some of the other books is that before the war they locked up all the djinn and the elemental planes so that the djinn wouldn't pick sides and that the that the that the gods were just like no you're not siding with the titans this source book is the first one i've seen claiming that it happened after the war technically started after the destruction and death of mezos so they say that Mezos, Mezos died, you know, Mezos was killed, and magic went crazy sauce because Mezos was tight in magic and sorcerers, um, which, of which the majority of the defensive capability of the Elzen Empire and Shelzar in particular, as we stated already, was around sorcery and around gin control. Suddenly their magic went haywire and really powerful sorcerers were suddenly like reduced in power. And then a bunch of randos who didn't even have magic or had very little magic were suddenly super powerful because magic went all haywire. So that happens. And a bunch of the djinn were like, haha, we're not like we being controlled. And so a bunch of the djinn were like, hey, we can go crazy. Um, and so, so that happens. And then around that time, um, the gods went in and were like, and they claim it was after the discretion of Mezos that they went into the city of Brass and went to the Jen and say, what side are you going to choose? And the Jen were like, screw you, we don't want to choose either side. <laughs> and and they're like, fine, we're going to lock you away so you can't, you don't have a choice. And they sucked away all the Ifrit, all the Jin, and stuck them out in the elemental planes. But in this book, what was interesting is they claimed that initially the Jin said, we'll side with the gods. And that the gods sucked the djinn away to fight for the war. 
but then um then basically uh jen were like threatening to double cross them um so keely asked denev to talk to the jen on the gods behalf and seek their aid but they refused um the gods laid siege to the city of brass bound all of the genie kind into their will suddenly all this genie serving in shells are in the seven cities vanished from the face of snarn to serve the gods this was a disaster to their six cities. Shelzer was okay because they didn't rely on genies as much as the other six cities did. So it was like they claimed that to serve the war, but then there was the whole no, we just locked them away. So mm. a bit of a contradiction in there. Yeah. Oh look, a contradiction but in the Scarlands book. Right, but the effect—the <laughs> effect was the same. Like the effect is the same. Is that the djinn just poof and vanish? Right. These super powerful people yeah. were like, I don't have this anymore, and I don't know yeah. what to do about that. Yeah, and so there go all those wish spells. And you're gonna yeah, so... you cannot invade us here in the electric city. Psst, psst, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, all those bound genie we had doing all this cool stuff—they're gone. So that sucked. Um, so and the implication, anyway, is it happened a little bit into the war, not before. So when it happened isn't clear. Either way, uh, the Shel Shelzari specifically were like, we want it back in Keeley. They're our patron. We want to help, so they did. They did put together an army, little less, little less effective than it could have been without the djinn, without the sorcerers or sorcerers being all messed up. Um, they didn't do very well in their battles against the Titan forces. They won like a few little victories, but they got their asses kicked in a lot of bigger ones. So they were like, "Look, we won this little victory. We're not all terrible. Let's have a party." Um, so yeah. Um. And da, 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 da. Uh, where was it here? Tiny Lords burst in the city. Um, yeah, and that was that was about when all that business happened. But um, shells are still survived by the end of the war. Um, most other cities uh, of the other seven of the other six of the seven cities, um, they were all pretty much. I don't know, after already being conquered by all the things and beaten up by the Charduni, there wasn't much of the rest of them left by the end of the war. And um, all but two were in ruins and, and depopulated by the end of the war. Els and Shelzar were the only two that survived. So between titanic forces and already having a reduced population. Um, so now there's five mystery cities out in the Sweltering Plains Devil's March area that your D&D &D parties can go to and explore these cool ruins, which were you know previously populated by elves and empire folks and who knows what um that are now probably populated by titan spawn and monsters and whatnot and you can go spelunking in cool ruins now so so the five cities of of elves are out there somewhere um and in fact there was one cute little story there is a guy named nils aimon n-i-l-s-a-i-m-a-n a warrior from calastia attempted to reclaim the city of wahid but was never heard from again so there's a campaign, like, there's a there's a little uh, teaser right there where yeah. you could be like, hey, we found the journal of this guy and talks about the city. Let's go explore. So that could be a, a campaign hook or, or a game hook right there. Kind of a fun one there. So um, cities, Shelter survived, um, was, they claim was stronger as a result of the war because they kind of get their act together. Um, the city was the only one of the seven that didn't get directly attacked during the war. Um, so they, they survived pretty well. And pretty much after the war, they became the host of the world. And 
Um, the merchants and the priesthood of Enkili held the most power by far and became basically the center of the new government. No longer an part of an empire. Um, they elected an election. Honest to goodness, the no dictatorship here, no royalty here. They had an election um, and they are ruled by the high minister. Um, so they, they, mind you, it's not a free open election. The only people allowed to vote are like the rich merchants <laughs> and, the, and the priesthood and whatnot. So it's not completely open, but, um, and, and I like what they call the high minister, the most gracious host. That's, that's my kind of vibe for, I don't know why it makes me think of Ventari, but it, uh, it sort of does. Meanwhile, in the city of Els, um, the, uh, the old emperor, who is now basically a sultan after what, everything that happened with Charduni, um, actually wouldn't even be, it wasn't that guy or even one of his descendants because of the uprising, but who had taken over by that point. Um, um, uh, by several years after the war, the Calastians started expanding and doing their thing. And they, we talked about this in the last, set, the last uh, episode about the Calastian expansion. And when they were going into Sethiski, um, the uh, Sultan of Els, and I don't know where Els is, probably around here somewhere. I don't know. I know, just know it's north of Shalzar. Um, made a deal with, with the emperor. It wasn't, it was Redux, say, father. Um, and basically it was like, we'll give you some aid in taking out Sethiski because we think they're kind of jerks. And the Emperor of Kalasti was like, sure, sure, that sounds good. And then went and stompled and invaded both and basically took over both. As as he was taking over Sethiski, also just took over the city of Els. Um, which is interesting because they don't talk about the hegemony going beyond the Broadreach River. Um, so I'm like, is there this one city somewhere in the festering fields that belongs to the Calastians? And it's not even on a map? And I don't even know? <laughs> it's like, okay. I don't know where the hell Hells is. It still exists. It's not what one would call the city anymore. It's super depopulated now, today. Um, it's basically like a, a large town with really old buildings and really old buildings that not a lot of people live in because like I have a feeling a lot of empty buildings because <laughs> um, oh, most people moved out because it just sucks to live there now um, but uh, yeah and that's what's happened there shells are for the most part though is standing strong incredibly strong as I've said it before biggest city in Galspad good relations with all the neighbors including Calastia um, uh, it's interesting um, in terms of big events since the war, um, and uh, it was interesting. Fran was like, "Yeah, they get involved with everything. This is the only things they didn't get involved with. They did not get involved in the Druid War that happened <laughs> after the Rhine War. Um, they really weren't involved in the little Albadian invasion that happens. Um, Blood Monsoon certainly impacted trade in the region, but did not quite reach Shelzar like in any major degree." because it was really much kept to the east coast um, and it was probably pretty much blocked by the giant forest that is now Galita's Grove so it didn't really reach Kelsar. Um so they were the trade routes were certainly affected by the Blood Monsoon but not the city itself um, so really the only thing that 
is around now that really impacts them is, is rampant piracy because all of their shipping is based on all of their trade so much of their trade is based on shipping um but and piracy is definitely a modern issue off of the coast of most of Galspad. but they also have a pretty strong navy so yeah um they're not really concerned with being invaded by the Calastians. The Calastians have been really hands-off. Um, I think they recognize the same thing that every other invading empire recognizes. Like, don't touch Shalzar. It's a second no powerhouse. Thing. We don't want to screw it up. So the Calastians were just like, they reached the Broad Ridge River and they stopped. And they, they were like, okay, we've gone far enough west. Now we're going to head north. And it was like, okay, Well, also, other than Shalzar, there's nothing really yeah, over the broad there. reach that right. you want. What do they got? The the they, you know, they can get all the fangs fall. That's useful and low yeah. keel. But you got to get through such crap to get there. There's nothing mm -hmm. worth taking. Yeah, and, you know, they don't want to mess with the Asathi. And then you, I was gonna say, and then you've got a bunch of Asathi and Sutak who are voting and who wants them. <laughs> yeah, who wants them? So you've got a little bit of farmland at the south end of the sweltering plains and that's about it and then that's pretty much the the, the lands right outside Charles Ark. so they were just like we're not gonna Verduck is smart all you can say about Verduck he's you know as much as he's egotistical psychopath he's smart and he just does not want to touch that economic powerhouse but they did open a Calastian embassy and this is one of those like what's going on in modern day Shelzar? Um, because clearly, you know, the, the big followers of Enkili um, do not like Chardun. And this is like the complete antithesis to their, to their vibe. Um, but of all people who backed opening a Calastian embassy, Aishela, the high priestess of Enkili, or priest, priest, priestess, priest, the high cleric, Aishela <laughs> nice. goes by the bay, um, the high cleric, of Enkili, <laughs> um, lobbied for this, lobbied for a, a, um, a Calastian embassy to open in the city, which seems really weird. And, and she apparently even, um, convinced High Minister, uh, do it, which was interesting because there was implication that convincing was a little bit, a little bit of fun. Although in this, <laughs> in this city, that's not all that surprising, I feel like. No, 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 no. Because Shelzar's hedonism is more so than it even ever was. Um, I'll need your butt print here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and even then, there's there's definitely conflict between the Calastians in the city and the Ankeli followers um, as they kind of have little, little mini conflicts. Uh, frequently, particularly on Keeley's holy days, where the radical followers of Keeley will be like, "Let's go beat up some Calastians," you know. Um, beat up? Like, really? Ah, no. Well, went violence on Keeley's high holy days. You just tell me what that means. Uh, no, violence is yeah. I, yeah. I was just figuring it'd be a lot more subtle and a lot more involved than that. You're probably but, right. You're probably right. It would be more. Well, subtle. but if it said violence, then yeah. It said violence, violence. though. So some yeah. kind of violence. You know. Um, they also have some conf some issues with there's remaining Hazari sects, so Shelzer still has to deal with the those um, those folks, and they've got a leader in the city who calls himself the Sultan, which is like 
Okay. Is he some descendant of the old Zari Sultan? I don't know. Did they have anything to do with the Eyes of Night or any of those other groups? Who knows? But they're there in their own kind of rich jerk conservative aesthetic? I don't even know. It's like we're wealthy, but we're not hedonists. We live in the city of sins. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, they're off making trouble. Um, as well as, you know, your random titan-worshipping cults, your random crime syndicate, <laughs> your random <laughs> raging barbarian, whatever, your random adventuring group that gets too drunk in one of the inns. Oh, and, and also, you know, the, the center of all the assassins live here, too. So, throw in the cult of the ancients who have their home base in the basements of, of the city. So there's lots of little little modern day day issues and uh, let's just say the uh, high minister has his hands full. <laughs> He's got to host it all, right? Um, and I love this quote at the end of chapter 2. The foolish man sees only what he wants to see. Which I thought was kind of a nice summary of yeah. shells are kind of a fun thing there so yeah i don't know if we want to like there's a ton more to this book this was literally just chapter two yeah <laughs> I, I feel like we could actually two-part this since we are nearing yeah. our, our time limit uh we could call yeah, it here I wanna, and go ahead yeah i want to throw in one teaser though yeah so shells as we as we've said city of sins known for hedonism definitely known for like like since the other cities are gone this is now the center of all the orgies and lots of brothels. Shelzar has a crap ton of brothels. And I want to drop a little teaser. There's a brothel with a gibbering mouther. And I'm just leaving it there. Right. That's... <laughs> and it's not a monster per se. Maybe in the sack, but other than that... <laughs> but I was like, what? <laughs> You get into later parts of this book, and it's like, what? yeah, this is not this is this is mature audience. Yeah. Stuff. Okay, now I want to write a short story about Shelzar called "A Monster in the Sack." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh. Yeah. Just like, how does that even work? I don't know. It's so bad. yeah, for this but, week yeah. we'll call it. We'll do Shelzar Part Two next Friday. Until yeah. then, Fran, since you're for the first time joining us why don't you introduce yourself and tell us all of your pertinence <laughs> hi i'm fran stewart pronouns she her um i'm married to sarah we co-wrote vigilant through shadows and dreams um which is a scarred lands novel that i i hope you'll enjoy um uh since then i've um I'm doing uh, various work on the Scarred Land setting, officially and unofficially. Um, I'm also um, really excited about um, putting in some real work on the Scarred Lands wiki, which is a fantastic resource that should have more in it because, by God, it's every bit as rich as anything that um, that uh, Watsi or Paizo is putting out. Um, and... Uh, I have my own short stories out there in various collections, and you can find me on Twitter at Ronald and Valor, and uh, everywhere else pretty much as Fran Stewart, so uh, or Francis Stewart if you're looking for uh, published stuff. Um, and uh, I like making new friends, so show up and say hi. Yay! 
That's way better at social media than I am. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I'm way more at the social media than you are. That's fair. I actually I, tagged Sarah today in, uh, on uh, Twitter, and I'm like, wait, why did I do that? <laughs> why bother? <laughs> so, Sarah, introduce I, yourself. I, I don't like all about you. I'm Sarah Stewart, as Fran already said, uh, co-author of um, Vigilant. Um, should we reach book three? Spoilers. Should we reach book three? There will be... Book three, much of book three will take place in Shalzar. Yeah, That's the plan. That's the plan anyway. If we nice. get that far. Um, yeah, book, book two, not so much. Book two was supposed to, but what was supposed to be the first half of book two has turned out all of book two. <laughs> so, <laughs> book two got bigger than we thought. Um, so, Shalzar won't happen until book three. Um, but that is that is a plan. Nice. If, we, if we get that far. If Onyx Pass, Onyx Pass supports us in creating a book. Um, but yeah, uh, you can find me on morelikethisindustries.com is our website that, um, don't, we haven't been updating it, so I know I've been really bad about that, but, but we can at least be reached there. If you want to drop us a message, we would see that. And I can be reached at morelikethisindustries, um, it's perfect at morelikethisindustries.com is my email there. Um, yeah. and I, otherwise you can find me on Facebook as Sarah Stewart and on Tumblr as K-T-E-I-N-A-S, Katina S. I'm known throughout the internet as Katina, um, but formally in writing as Sarah L. Stewart. And I have a bunch of titles on Drive Through RPG, um, so check those out. And more are coming because I'm actively working on more titles for Drive Through RPG, which is why we're not working on Book Two because I'm working on that instead because that is where the needs are currently. These things happen. These things happen. And I am Jeremy Hochalter, the host of the show with Sarah, usually, and today with Fran. Um, speaking of Shelzar, tune in on Fridays at 4.30 Eastern and uh, to the to the Curiosity Cache, which takes place mostly in Shelzar. We actually, like, completely left Shelzar for part of it, which wasn't the plan. Wow. Most of that game is not the plan. But, Players. Right? Uh, uh -huh. So, yeah, coming up Where'd right after this. Uh, they ended up well. One of them got kidnapped and was being sailed off to the Classian Empire, so the or Hegemony. So the rest of them went after, and then found out that he freed himself. So, yay! <laughs> mm -hmm. But had adventures. You get for missing a session, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, Check let's out. see. On all right, uh, I've got Wednesdays. A, I've got your solution for that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna um, say on uh, creature on, collections out. It is. There's a monster in the creature collection called a Dream Shadow. Yeah. Leverage it for when the player misses the game in the future nice. yeah. so that you don't have to have them kidnapped. <laughs> literally designed for just such an emergency. That's literally funny. designed for player couldn't make my game. Here's a monster that will explain what happened. Okay. Nice. <laughs> MacGuffin. MacGuffin. So, uh, it is a MacGuffin see on monster. Mondays. Actually, if you want more shells, are check out Travis Legg's uh, Sins of Shells are. I think Since that's what it's Wednesdays? On Wednesdays, yeah. Uh, I think it's Wednesday evenings. He's over at Plastic Age Plays here on Twitch. Mm. Uh, I also yep. publish on Drive Through RPG and on Drive, or DMs Guild. Um, I do freelance for uh, Onyx Path and Kabold Press, and I do my own publishing as well. You can find me on Yay. Twitter. Yes, Twitter at WHPubs or Facebook and Twitch at WH Publications. Until next Friday, everybody have fun, be safe, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you then. Bye.